You are listening to Iron Wine, My Wife and I, Episode 6, Ghost on Ghost. This podcast episode contains discussions about murder and hints at suicide. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please seek help immediately. Hello everybody, welcome to Iron Wine, my wife and I. My name is Sietse. Hi, I'm Marijke. And you are listening to my ongoing quest to turn my wife, which is you, into a true fan of the American singer-songwriter Sam Beam, also known as Iron and Wine. A Sam Beam lever? A Sam Beam lever, yes. That's (laughs) what I want you to be, because, well, as people who have listened to our podcast before know, I'm a big fan and you think it's more like background music so i'm trying to change that by forcing you to listen to all of their albums and pay good attention so hopefully yeah you will see the beauty in his work yes forcing someone to do something is always a good plan well it's it's paying (laughs) off this far so (laughs) and and we're already at the sixth episode so yeah uh, yeah it's an interesting uh, journey we've had so far Mm -hmm. and it's uh, taking us to 2013 the year in which the album ghost on ghost was released as always i've got a record right here uh, with me on the table yeah now when i put this one on display in our living room what did i say you said ah sam is losing his uh his taste something like that his (laughs) sense of good taste Did I? Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm taking that back. I kind of like the cover art. Really? Yeah. Okay, so to make a mental picture for the listeners, we have a brownish painting frame. And in it, there's a picture. And there's a small plaque that says Iron and Wine Ghost and Ghost. And then you see two, I think, boy underbodies pressing up against each other. And I think one hand is in the other boys pants and there's a cigarette and there are some keys so i read somewhere that this photo isn't taken by sam beam himself and no it's part of a series made yeah by by a photographer and i think this is the first picture that sam beam didn't do himself right because this far um, he um, puts his own paintings on the sleeves of his record and uh, this time he's uh, changing things up which i think is pretty fitting because that's what he likes to do with his music right you True. Know, yeah. He said on several occasions uh, things like it's no fun making the same album twice and uh, he likes to uh, shake things up, uh, hire an entire new band uh, to do it with him. Actually, this far, the only constant is uh, Brian Deck, the producer, who was also uh, working on this album. That will change uh, for the next one, but let's not uh, go there yet. Teaser. Yeah, this album is a lot more jazzy, I feel. I must admit that I had some problems listening to it Whilst keeping my concentration. Yeah, which is a problem you have had before yeah. with uh, Iron and Wine like music. But I feel like I've had it more on this album. And it's funny because uh, we had uh, my niece staying over last night and we were listening to the album again this morning. And I asked her, what do you uh, think about this music? And she said, yeah, it's nice for in the background. Oh, yeah. Which but- I thought was very funny. <laughs> It was kind of painful, but um, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, to be realistic, she's 15. I can imagine this isn't really a 15 year old's cup of tea to begin with. Well, and also, we put it on as background music. So, yeah, that's how you're going to perceive well, it. I right? was trying to listen to it very carefully while sitting on the breakfast table with three <laughs> other people 
one of them being a toddler. Yeah, sure. Anyway, <laughs> before we're going to um, check out uh, the first track we selected, because as always, uh, we both uh, picked two songs of this album to uh, dive a bit uh, deeper into but first we're gonna listen to sam the man himself talking a bit about uh, the making of this album in this case it was an interview for something called um, grammy recording academy i haven't really looked up what it is but it was a nice interview and uh, yeah i selected a small piece uh, from that this one felt a bit more relaxed um they're mostly there are love songs i mean most of the songs i try to include you know they're human experience songs where you know there's love and disenchantment with places you know all our our stuff um um and so but they were sort of looser more relaxed tunes there's a narrative thing there's usually a lot of place names um uh it just felt more relaxed and so i we approached it that way recording yeah do you also think that it sounds more relaxed compared to the previous albums Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would use that word. I find a lot of his songs relaxing already. Yeah. Hence the nice for in the background. Uh, so no, that's not what I uh, experienced, I must say. I think what Sam's also referring to is the fact that uh, he doesn't play the guitar on that many songs on this mm. album. While uh, the previous ones were always, I think he played guitar on pretty much every track. Mm. In another uh, interview, I read that he said, well, for these uh, recording sessions, I got to sit back and watch other, uh, yeah. watch other people play so the music. So it's more, more relaxing for him. So it was a more relaxing <laughs> process for him. And yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the songs are a bit more upbeat and a bit sunnier as well. Mm. Anyways, um, are you ready for the first song? Yes, I am. Yeah, we're going to start with The Desert Babbler. It's not the first uh, track on the album, but it's the second one. And uh, it sounds like this. that uh, gives an impression uh, of the song and also mm-hmm. i think it's a good introduction to the album for people who may not have listened to it for a while or maybe are listening to it for the first time yeah i, I had to look up what a babbler was do you know what I, it I, is? I thought somebody babbling yeah it is also a it could be a biblical reference and then it's the master of the tongue i have to admit if I read the biblical annotations, I find it sometimes hard to comprehend what it all means. But it's also a songbird with loud, discordant or musical voice. Right. I think it's a bird in this story. In this song, I had to look up a lot of words, actually. Uh, for example, the Barstow Boys. The only thing I could find was it's a boys' homes for struggling boys who live in or near Barstow, California. Could be, yeah. It's yeah, in California. Also, yeah, naming California. So that, that makes sense, and, I, I yeah. guess. And the word Buckeyes, it's some sort of candy. I uh, I like the vibe of the song. 
but I find it very hard to understand what it's about. And you know that I'm a fan of thinking about what the song means. Um, yeah, uh, because you always seem to want to like get into the song through the lyrics. Yeah. In this case, that doesn't really do the trick for me. I just like the yeah the way it sounds like it really sounds mellow, mellow and smooth and. Yeah. yeah, and I like the way that the the vocal harmonies work in this song. Yeah, it's a cute intro it's... with the with the with the choir sound in the beginning. Yeah, that's nice. And also, um, it's the Desert Babbler, and they are singing ba ba da ba ba. So I think I oh, see a connection there. Oh, that could there. be the bird, and, the and, babbler babbling. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or um, and when he sings, who they uh, sing um, the backing uh, vocalist sing like a ooh. So I think that mm. sounds really fit well together yeah i like the melody with the variation to the to the to the higher notes that sam is singing but especially in the part from the heart light tonight uh that part in the song it to me it asks for a little bit more i don't know if this is an english word but bombasticness i really like musicals and in a musical yeah. sometimes you feel a build up and then it's gonna you know, take it to the next level. And the line from the heart light tonight kind of asks for that, I feel. And then it just, yeah. You don't get the payoff. For I the, don't get the payoff, no. Right, for the build-up, yeah. yeah. I, I get that um, because it's still a, a mellow song. Very nostalgic, I think. Yeah, especially the final two sentences. Someday I know you'll never leave me, but we're far from that heart light tonight. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And knowing there's a future, but not thinking about that future where you feel something else, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. Mm. I do like the openings line, uh, the opening lines, by the way. It's, it's New, Year's, uh, New Year's Eve. California is going to kill you soon. Yeah, why is California going to kill you soon? I think because uh, the main person has to get out of there. Why? I don't know. Maybe but he was in trouble because... I have an interpretation for one of the other songs that we're going to talk about oh, later on. Yeah. Well, we just heard uh, Sam saying that there was a bit of a narrative in there. He also likes to play it down by saying, yeah, well, for the Shepherd's Dog album, I just uh, had a couple <laughs> of songs and I noticed there were dogs in there. So, yeah, I put them together. And he said the same thing about the previous album, Kiss Each Other Clean, that he, uh, he took all the songs he had lying around with rivers in them and put them on the album. And in this case, there's quite some songs about a couple, which I think really uh, ties in well with... With the cover. Ghost on Ghost cover? Yeah, with the cover that you just uh, described with the picture with two people being uh, yeah, intimate. very intimate and very close to each other. Yeah, but it looks uh, adolescent. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. like they're teenagers and you would hold each other like that. Yeah, well, that works with the whole nostalgic yeah. feel yeah. perhaps. So yeah, I think there's a lot of young lovers... Themes in these songs, and uh, that's uh, it, that's here as well. I want to point out one more thing in this song. Uh, one of the sentences is, it says, um, "The desert put a babbler in your ear, mean fireweed, and I miss you again." And I had to look up what fireweed was, and it is a plant that grows especially well on burnt ground. So I had to think back to the earlier albums where all the houses were burning down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, so nice callback, Sam. Yeah, maybe it is. Well, it's definitely uh, something that fits into the um, Iron and Wine lyrical universe, yeah. as you might uh, might call it. So what did you bring? I brought a, a live version because um, 
I have to admit, this isn't my favorite album, but uh, I really, really loved uh, the tour he did promoting this album because he had like a giant live band. He had a horn section, a string section, uh, backing vocalists. It was oh, like oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah the, the the stage was packed with the band. Um, if I remember correctly, um, he mostly just sang the songs and didn't play guitar on them. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy that I got to see that uh, that show. Um, too bad there aren't many um, good recordings of it. I'm still hoping that one day uh, they're going to do some uh, a series of uh, live shows uh, that are professionally recorded and officially being released. Till that time, I just got to see what I can uh, scrape together. And in this case, I found a um, show uh, of 2013 in the Midland in Kansas City. And um, as was often the case for this tour, they used uh, the Desert Babbler as their opening song. And I think uh, yeah, it totally sets uh, the mood for the rest of the night. So uh, I wanted to share that with you and the listeners. So here's a live rendition of the song. nice with a very big band but i still did you hear the the not pay off (laughs) not not really no i I waited specifically for that moment (laughs) because you just uh, mentioned it um it's not really how i experience it i um i just think back at um the show i think they even wore like nice costumes and did some dancing on stage with with the big band yeah Yeah, it was great and the nice uh what's the trumpet trumpet solo the saxophone. Oh, was it the saxophone? Yeah, I think nice. so. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I hope I didn't uh, make a fool of okay. myself there. Okay, and and I like the 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 brass solo. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, and they were all there. Nothing came from yeah. a keyboard or uh, or anything. So uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty uh, pretty cool. And um, yeah, I do think that that's the big plus side of the of the album. Uh, I mean, I don't dislike the album, but it's not my favorite. And I think much of that has to do with the fact that sometimes it's a bit too sweet for my taste. I mean, we didn't uh, select uh, the next track called Joy. But yeah, I do think that was a bit too sweet. I like it a bit more edgy uh, here and there. Yeah, let's go to the next song. You picked this one. Yeah, absolutely. It's Grace for Saints and Ramblers.
Yeah, I quite like this song. I think it's the nicest song from the album. I think so too. Um, I read a review somewhere online that called this like the centerpiece of the album. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree. All the arrangements and stuff, it really works. And every yeah. instrument has something to add to the song instead of... Sometimes in this album, it feels like, oh yeah, let's put on this or that instrument just because we can. Mm. And here it really feels that it serves the song and the experience. So Yeah, uh, I really, really like cool. the uh, up-tempo feel of the song. And I really like the quickness of the words. And I really like the build-up of, uh, of the verses. So every time the verse gets a little bit longer, I think that's, that's very well done. And, and we got another album track title yep, here. Well Ghost spotted. and Ghost. Yep. Yeah. And I really think that the album cover suits the album because of this song and the way that the, the words are mentioned here in this song. Because they are rubbing up against each other. Yeah. yeah. It's about young people just living life, exploring. I really like the, the sentences. Uh, we were never out of time and we'd never entertain anybody, anybody say the habit of the wind was going to change. And also later, and we never wondered why because the sun was in our eyes. Yeah, that's nice that you're just young and naive and just having fun. And what's interesting in, in that part of the verse as well, that he changes the melody there for those two lines. Uh, so I think that's just what the song is about. The first couple of times when I listened to the song, I thought it was more about, like, about a festival hmm. with all, all kinds of people running around. But when I... You know, looked a bit more into it. That doesn't really always fit. So well, it's more like like uh, bits and pieces and images from a childhood, I, I, I think, or maybe a, a summer. Like you know, like when you're young, you have like those summers that really make an impression on you sometimes. Yeah. And you remember, oh, that summer was the of summer of '69. <laughs> For instance, <laughs> I wasn't born yet, but I, I, I've heard good things about that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, oh, yeah, that's, that's the summer when we did this and yeah. that or when you were really into somebody. And yeah, yeah. the uh, summer of you and I. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it all came down to. Yeah. But you say maybe it's not uh, it could be a festival. I mean, he uh, he compared life to a, a circus or a carnival in the trapeze swinger. So, yeah, why not a festival? There are a lot of sex references in the first verse. Could you uh, name a few? Yeah, okay. So, uh, stealing first base. So, that's that's pretty, you know, sweet still. Like, I think first base is kissing, right? And then underneath the table, you know, touching each other maybe underneath the table, falling out of bed because maybe the bed is so fulfilled with people, uh, kissing in the cracks of the flesh flood street, uh, budding blossoms, you know, that, that teenagers starting to maybe girls starting to grow a bosom or just being growing into the sexuality and blaring Johnny Rotten. And I read that that's the lead of the Sex Pistols. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the quick romantic cul-de-sac. To me, it's going into an alleyway because a cul-de-sac is a, a dead-end street, something like that. And then going into an alleyway and having a quick romantic. romantic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're young and you're just kissing and smooching, but it has to be quick, quick, quick. And yeah. then it feels romantic, but romantic, but <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're old, you're, when, when you look you're back old, at it, just like us, it's not romantic at all. No. <laughs> Why didn't he bring a rose? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I totally agree. It's, uh, it's a really nice song. 
that's why I put it on our uh, shared family playlist that we listen to a lot in the car, mm. uh, which is also probably why you already knew I this already song knew pretty this well, song. because it comes up a, a lot uh, in the shuffled playlist. Yeah. And even our daughter knows it. Does she? Yeah, she does. Um, actually, I haven't told you this yet, but um, the other day we were in the car together and I was playing that live recording that I just uh, mentioned. Yeah. And this song came on and she yeah. even said, oh, I know this song. It's a different version. Wow. She really did. Yeah. We are raising our child well. <laughs> yeah. So, well, my main goal is that uh, over a couple of years, I don't have to do this whole recording session again, but then with our daughter. <laughs> to, to try to convince her to become an Iron and Wine fan. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, let's listen to uh, the version our daughter recognized. Yeah, well, actually, I selected a different oh. one because um, I found um, a version that is really different. And I thought that was funny as well. Mm. Uh, I also have some uh, live versions where Sam plays this one uh, on his own. But um, I also came across a um, radio session for KCRW. 2017 and yeah he makes like a, a spoken word performance of it and i'm not really sure if i like it a lot but i thought it was okay. interesting to hear <laughs> That's this different. song okay. in a totally different way so uh here you go we were banged up heads stealing for his base Underneath the table so we never said grace Falling out of bed for the workday a week Kissing in the cracks of the flash flood street We were budding blossoms Blaring Johnny Rotten Chewed up and swallowed by the prophet we were trying to follow Picked too green We paid no tax on our quick romantic cul-de-sacs guess you could do that yeah i mean it loses a bit of its like summer breeze and, yeah. and, and vibe i think in the original version it's more like happy go yeah it's happy it's like going back to that moment and reliving it and this feels more like looking back on it from yeah like a an distance old man from an telling old man. a story yeah and uh i don't think i've ever heard sam deliver his um, lyrics like this so i thought it was really really uh doing a bit of poetry slam yeah it sounds like that and uh, yeah i don't i don't dislike it i don't think it's uh it's ridiculous if i had to pick one of the two um yeah of course i'd pick the original album version but uh yeah i, I do think it's um interesting so we're gonna um skip over a couple of tracks we are going to land on winter prayer track yeah. number nine on the album I looked up the word winter prayer, not because I don't know what winter or prayer means, but apparently it's a thing to do a winter prayer. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I just thought, no, well, I know what winter is and what a prayer is, and it's, then I know enough. But yeah, you dug deeper, and what well, did you find? Well, not that deep, just that the concept having winter prayers and prayers that are about, I guess, winter and... I read one of the prayers and it was about uh, that it's also 
the, the seasons need to change and it's okay to have winter because spring will be there, something like that. So that's maybe interesting to know before we listen to the song. said that I thought maybe Grace for Saints and Ramblers was the best song, but I think this is a very beautiful song. Very beautiful. I really fell in love with the melody right away. And if you look at the lyrics, it's so intriguing. Well, tell me about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's what's intriguing, but okay. Okay, follow me on this. Yeah, so we're from California and now we're in Milwaukee. It is cold. She is gone. Oh, and you know why she is gone? You know why she is gone. And he s sings things like, Cause once in a while your confidence leaves you, like smoke falls out of her red mouth. And she left holes. They are sad souvenirs and they disappear. Why'd you follow her there? And then Milwaukee's a deaf ear for winter prayers. So I don't know. I get kind of a serial killer vibe here. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not a serial killer, but it feels like something bad happened yeah. between him and a girl. And maybe something really bad happened because this the sentence, smoke falls out of her red mouth, you know, smoke falling out of a mouth. It almost looks like a soul coming out of a mouth. And maybe the mouth is red because, you know, it is a symbol for a woman she loved, a woman he loved or a woman he wanted. Or a woman who uses a lot of lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> or a woman who uses a lot of lipstick. I don't know. It feels like someone was murdered at the lakeside in Milwaukee and he's thinking about it. Hmm. But I yep, don't know. Could be. I didn't get the serial killer murder <laughs> vibe. I did get the sense of like the um, love dying, perhaps, or the relationship being over and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, now it's like stuck in Milwaukee because they went there together or something like that. Yeah, but also like the clothes in the river drifting on. I know it could be all symbolic, but still feels like maybe her clothes were really in the river and she drowned mm. there. He drowned her there. She it drifted away. I can't really see that in connection to the first line of the song because he's bored. Yeah, well. After something intense like that <laughs> happened, I don't think you'd be bored. You'd be freaked out. No, but first he is bored and he's just walking around there 
looking at the cars, thinking about being back home, but the lakeside don't trust you to walk alone. So it's dangerous near the lakeside. Yeah. I took that more as like maybe he can't be trusted with himself because he's so heartbroken or depressed that he might want to throw himself into the lake or something like that. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But I I totally agree that this is one of the highlights of the album. Uh, It sounds really, really cool. It also sounds a bit more like what what we're used from uh, Iron and Wine albums. And I think this album could do with a couple more of these tracks. You know, yeah. to balance out the really mm. dense using uh, every instrument and every musician we've got around in the studio on the track kind of yeah. production. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Yeah. And so, maybe I'm uh, I'm I'm fitting too much in the demographic of white females over 35 who are really into serial killer podcasts. And that's why I'm reading <laughs> into, into this like this. <laughs> Well, as we said before, there's there's always room for interpretation uh, in these songs. And, uh, you know, if you want to take it that way, uh, yeah. I'm sure nobody, nobody will blame you. No. We can totally agree that it's a, it's a great song. Yeah. And also one that um, yeah still shows up on set lists and, uh, and stuff like that. And I think uh, rightfully so. I'm curious about your alternate version. Right. Well, there is a nice version on the uh, 2019 album called uh, Live at Third Man Records. But since that's available for everybody because it's like an official release, I thought it would be more interesting to share something that maybe not everybody is uh, familiar with. So uh, once again, we're going to listen to a track from a radio session. And this time it's for KGSR Radio. Okay. So that's... We haven't had that letter combination yet, I think. Uh, yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, so that's not a four-letter <laughs> radio station that we don't know at all because we're from the Netherlands. And here's the song. Well, it's cold and you're bored From counting the smart cars on 94 When you dream you're back home But the lakeside won't trust you to walk alone Hollow trees talk offhand All the neckties are toasting with empty cans And you know why she's gone Closing the river, drifting on Slide down south When once in a while your confidence leaves you like Smoke falls out her red mouth. Ah. Okay, you felt it too, right? Only because you t- you <laughs> talked me into it, and you were staring really dark and intense at me while we were listening to this one. <laughs> Uh, but it's yeah i like this version um next up that's one you picked called lover's revolution yeah why did you uh, put that one on the list um i liked it well that's that's reason enough yeah and uh while i was preparing for this podcast i saw on a website and it was a lyrics website they had a snippet of an interview apparently from variety And Sam Beam said in that interview that this was one of his favorite songs. Of this album? Of of, uh, Of all time. Of all time. Well, of his own catalog, I Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Up to 2013, probably. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, let's uh, check it out and then uh, talk about it a bit more. So here you can already hear that he's changing the tempo in the song. And yeah. that's what I find interesting, that there's a build up and then a cool down and that there's a very big uh, jazzy intermezzo in between. And you picked a nice spot because he sings and then we lost our own lover's revolution, but it started again and now we're one, which you could interpret as now we are We are one. We are one yep. and the same. But then it continues with, and now we're one. One of the parade wake windows walking home into the setting sun. One of the soldiers, etc., etc. So it's yeah. also a nice play on one of, not yeah. just being one, but also one of. And, and the sentence, one of the parade wake widows walking home into the setting sun. That's a nice find. People who have listened to us before know that you really like uh, those alliteration and other like technical language tricks to make things sound interesting right yeah for example earlier in the song he is singing and we were barking interesting because barking we are barking are we dogs at the drug dogs okay so they they are barking at drug dogs blood dried black on their hands so it's nice that he he's making a metaphor of Both the himself and the other party being dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That was a nice find as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, you like the song and Sam likes the song. You know who didn't like the song? <laughs> yeah, I read a terrible review. The guys from Pitchfork. Yeah. Especially <laughs> brutal on this song. Iron and Wine as a jazz combo is disastrous. A hot mess of overwrought druggy lyrics and underthought best rhythms, blah, blah, blah. It uh, accommodates one of the most awkward musical passages of the year. Yeah, I read Ooh, that as well. Ouch. But are the lyrics druggy? They're a bit strange, is... yeah. Yeah, but no. No, I, I think this is too harsh. Um, the album got mixed reviews. I mean, some people liked it, some not so much. But it's still like on Metacritic.com. It's got like an overall score of a 7.5 out of 10, I think, mm. something like that. So it it wasn't um, generally um, disliked or anything. But uh, no, the the guy or girl who wrote the Pitchfork review uh, really <laughs> disliked the album or had a really bad day or a grudge yeah. against Sambeam. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I also really like the, uh, I think it's an upright bass. 
that you hear throughout the song. I really like the melody line that, that the bass player is playing there. And I noticed that he's got the choir or the, yeah. the female singing, Wah! something like that. But sometimes there are people shouting back yeah. and it feels like it's the maybe the jazz combo yeah. shouting back at the singer. And they say, yeah, yeah, I, I came I, to you. I came to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and my perception, I don't know that much about jazz or anything. It does fit like the jazz combo vibe. Yeah. Unlike the uh, Pitchfork Critic, uh, I think the song is okay. I'm not too fond of it. I do respect Sam Beam once again for, you know, trying out this way of approaching a song and uh, and playing it and, and see if it works out, you know. I, I wouldn't have picked this song as like a, a highlight of the album. I don't think this is a song you can skip. Yeah, it, it does stand out. I mean, um, earlier on you said that uh, when we were playing this album at our home, that sometimes you kind of forgot about it because it's faded away a bit in the background. And I can totally imagine that this is one of the songs mm. that, you know, catches your ear again. Like, hey, this is something new and different. And <laughs> what's this? Overall, um, how do you like this as a album? Yeah, okay, I guess. On the previous albums, I had more songs that kind of got to me, and I didn't really have that with this album. Yeah, except for Winter Prayers, right? Yeah, Winter Prayer. Yeah, yeah Winter Prayers is nice, but I think that is a song that's a bit different from all the other songs on this album, so... Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, if I had to give somebody one Iron and Wine album to, like, as an introduction... I wouldn't pick this one if I were asked to make a, a playlist for somebody to select the 10 best tracks. I would probably select one of those from this album. Also uh, to showcase the variety of the, the sounds through the different albums. So uh, yeah, overall, it's not one that I put on the most. Will I, I be like happier it. during our next podcast? Uh, well, I was happier with the next album, but that doesn't always mean that you're happy <laughs> with it. Well, if you're happy... <laughs> no, <laughs> well, not in this case because it's my my sole purpose to turn you into a mm. true uh, Iron and Wine fan. And um, yeah, I think this was uh, a bit a harder sell to make um, than the next one, Beast Epic, because that's uh, one of my favorite albums. So mm. um, yeah, I hope I, I can score some Iron and Wine points there uh, with you. And did listening to this album bring you a step closer or a step? further from Iron and Wine fandom. Well, I am still enjoying the trapeze swinger. Uh, so that makes sure that I'm I'm just staying where I am right right now. So that's like your anchor point. It, it is. But it's the trapeze uh, I'm swinging on right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so uh, we're going to leave everybody uh, with uh, the alternate version of Lover's Revolution. Mm. Um, I picked a, a version of uh, Sam Beam uh, solo in 2015. He performed in the Jerry Run Summer Theater. And it's a nice rendition. And I also wanted to uh, throw this in because it's part of a uh, short movie that was made about the theater called Dreamers and Makers Are My Favorite People. And it's about uh, the guy who made the theater. It's like in the middle of nowhere with the whole idea, if I just build a theater, people will show up. And did they? And they did. Oh, cool. Yeah, Sam Beam performed there and you could get the MP3s of the show afterwards um, if you uh, bought a digital download of the film. So uh, Okay, cool. I thought it was nice um, to point that out to people who may not be aware of that uh, project. And also it's a... Interesting experience to listen to 
this like jazz combo freak out song with just an acoustic guitar and a voice okay let's hear it well first we're gonna have to say uh, goodbye to our listeners Mm. and of course i want to say thank you for uh, doing this with me once again you are very welcome and uh yeah like i said everybody out there listening thanks so much uh, for tuning in and uh, please share our show if you uh think that anybody in your surroundings might be interested or just uh, put it on your social media feed because uh, well we really want to reach anybody who might be interested in our show so uh, thanks for supporting us you're like the preacher of the sam beam preacher i am the sam beam preacher that's what my friends uh, called me (laughs) and if you as a listener have anything to say to us uh, please send an email to SherwoodPodcast at gmail.com. That's SherwoodPodcast at gmail.com. And we promise we will return your message. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. And see you next time. Bye. No one knew the arm was broken, although everybody signed the cast. You signed it. Government was good, she said, man, I thought you'd never ask. And when love were out of welcome, we just booked that fucking hippie for a bag of grass. And while she cried on the cross, we were sucking on the laughing gas. Ha 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 to wonder when the rain